Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 14th of April. The Prime Minister has made an urgent directive to recall National Cabinet to meet twice a week as the federal government scrambles to try and get our vaccine rollout back on track. Confidence in the COVID vaccination program has taken a major hit with consistent delays, vaccine supply issues and concerns over the AstraZeneca jab's rare side effects. Scott Morrison admitting these issues were serious challenges to overcome. And Federal Trade Minister Dan Tian has announced he's now off to Europe and the UK to try and secure more COVID vaccines. Meantime, a second Australian has been admitted to hospital suffering a rare blood clot after getting the AstraZeneca vaccine. The woman aged in her 40s from WA is now in a stable condition. But health authorities say the risk of developing blood clots from the jab is still extremely rare. He is the head of the TGA, Professor John Skerritt. It's a very rare finding. As I've said before, your chances of winning lotto are much, 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 much higher. And we'll have more on this latest case from our reporter in WA shortly. And in breaking COVID news from the US this morning, health authorities are recommending the rollout of the single-dose Johnson & Johnson vaccine be paused to investigate new reports of blood clots. Authorities say they are investigating clots in six women that occurred just days after they received the jab. So far, more than six million doses of the vaccine have been administered in the US, the majority with no side effects. But combined with the AstraZeneca concerns, it's prompted a new area of caution for health authorities. Here's Dr. David Agus on CBS. Women are more susceptible to this type of blood clotting, um, but it's not exclusively. So there are some men in Europe um, that have been seen, but in the United States to date, it's only women and women who are under the age of 50, so premenopausal women. Yesterday, our federal government announced it won't be purchasing the Johnson & Johnson vaccine for widespread use here in Australia because of concerns over its similarities with the AstraZeneca jab. In other news this morning, former Australia Post CEO Christine Holgate has dropped a number of bombshells at a Senate inquiry in Canberra. Ms Holgate has maintained she has done nothing wrong and accused the Prime Minister of humiliating her and the Australia Post chairman of bullying her out of her top job last year after it was revealed she gifted expensive Cartier watches to several executives. I lost my job a job that I loved because I was humiliated by our Prime Minister for committing no offence and then bullied by my chairman. Ms Holgate alleges she was treated differently because of her gender and hasn't ruled out taking legal action. And alleged sexual assault victim Brittany Higgins has announced plans to release a memoir. The 26-year-old has taken to Twitter to confirm the news, saying half of the royalties from each book will go to the Canberra Rape Crisis Centre. In a statement, Brittany says the book will shine a light on the toxic workplace culture inside the corridors of power. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning. We start in WA with more on the woman who's been admitted to hospital with blood clots after receiving the AstraZeneca vaccine. Despite the latest case, the state's health minister doesn't want Australians to lose faith in the life-saving jab. 
Our reporter Emma Griffiths has more from Perth. That's right, Taj. The woman aged in her 40s is currently in the intensive care unit in a stable condition after developing thrombosis. It's the second case in the country with the Therapeutic Goods Administration confirming the disorder is linked to the jab. The Australian Medical Association WA president says the group are concerned but not surprised by the news. Dr Andrew Miller urging West Aussies to outweigh the risks. Balancing it against the the risk of COVID at the moment, you have to do a bit of guesswork around what's the likelihood of being exposed to an outbreak in Australia between now and when you might have access to an alternative vaccine. It comes as from today, West Australians under the age of 50 who choose to have the AstraZeneca vaccine can do so by undertaking consent protocols. While WA Health Minister Roger Cook says if Australians don't get vaccinated, we'll be sitting ducks when the world begins to open up. At the age of 55, I'd be confident about taking the AstraZeneca vaccine. Yes, I would. Um, I, I believe that the risks associated with the AstraZeneca vaccine, which the TGA put about around one in 350,000, means that it is a very, it is a very safe uh, vaccine. Meantime, in Victoria, health authorities are on alert for a fresh COVID outbreak in the community after fragments of the virus were picked up in a number of suburbs across Melbourne. Our reporter James Lake has the latest from Melbourne. Yeah, and that's actually the biggest concern here, Tash. It's not just isolated to a tiny area, but 16 densely populated suburbs to the east of Melbourne. The virus was picked up on April 8th. Some of the suburbs on alert include Bayswater, Baronia, Croydon, Heathmont, Kilsyth, Montrose, Ringwood, Sassafras and Monturna. Residents, as well as anyone who visited this area between April 6 and 9, have been told to watch for symptoms and get tested immediately if they notice anything suspicious. Authorities say it could be a sign of fresh infections, but hopefully it's actually just the continued viral shedding after an infection. The discovery comes just one day after Victoria downgraded a number of areas outside the state to green zones. In South Australia, roads have been closed and visibility reduced to zero after a massive dust storm blanketed Adelaide. Our reporter, Sean Maynard, is there with the details. Yeah, it's been a highly unusual day weather-wise here in SA. Some strong northerly winds of up to 70 kilometres an hour whipped up topsoil in the state's northern areas, creating a massive dust storm. It found its way eventually over the city and suburbs. It was so thick, authorities had to close some roads in the mid-north. There was a four-car crash in Balaclava, that's about 100 k's north of Adelaide. Police say visibility was reduced to zero. Health warnings were issued for those with breathing difficulties or heart problems. And Ben Owen from the Weather Bureau says there's little point continuing to drive if you can't see ahead of you. If the visibility drops rapidly, um, it's a, probably the best idea to move off the road, particularly if you can't see ahead of you. Also, I guess, turn your hands and light, your lights on just to make sure that you can be seen if you're moving through the dust. The ferries to and from Kangaroo Island were also cancelled for several hours because of the poor conditions. Now, the winds combined with the remnants of Cyclone Saroja from WA gathered strength as the afternoon wore on. Emergency crews received close to 40 calls for help for things like fallen trees. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. Some interesting new research from Financial Counselling Australia has shown many Australians are struggling to pay their telco bills. Yeah, good morning, Tasha. This is coming out today and essentially it showed that every financial counsellor who took part in this survey said that they had clients struggling to pay their telco bills. In fact, a quarter of respondents said that more than 50% of their clients are struggling to pay this. 
Now, other key findings that will come out today is that the overall, the telco hardship practices are poor. They're saying mis-selling is common throughout the industry with around 80% of financial counsellors saying they've got clients with debts where mis-selling has occurred. And mis-selling essentially means that they've been sold a product that was not right for them but they couldn't afford it. And they're also saying that affordability checks, sorry, they're inadequate. Now, the timing of this survey does coincide with the end of JobKeeper and the reduction of JobSeeker payments. Look, all I can say here is that if you are struggling with your telco uh, bill, the best thing is don't ignore it because it can affect, obviously, your connection, but also your credit rating. Do ask for hardship assistance. What you need to know is that they've got to offer you at least three options for payments and three options to keep you connected. And if you still need help, do reach out to the National Debt Helpline on 1800 007 007. And this is very interesting, talking about interesting stories today, Effie. We've spoken many times about the booming real estate market and the increasing cost of trying to buy a home across many capital cities. Would you consider buying or selling your own home? Yeah, would you sell your own home? Um, look, having a look at auction clearance rates, they're, they're above 80% and you would probably think that properties would just sell themselves. Now, um, obviously, that's what a lot of Aussies are thinking because uh, the industry appears to be going up in a bit of a demand. And what I mean by that is the, there is an industry out there that helps homeowners sell their own home. Now, one online provider has uh, reported that they've seen an increase of 116% over the six month period from October 2020 to March 21. Now, that's the listings that they've seen. They've seen an increase in listings. Now, obviously, the overall benefit here is that you do save on agents' commissions, and that can range anywhere to us from 2 to 4%. Let's say it's 2%. On a million-dollar home, you could be saving around $20,000. Now, here's the if, and it's a big if. You've got to ask yourself, whether these savings may be offset by the fact that you may get a lower price for your home than the agent would. And that's the big debate. Can a homeowner sell their price, sell their property for the right price? Look, there are certainly pros and cons about this. There are plenty of platforms out there to help you, ranging from only $600 to $2,000. I think what you've got to look for is make sure these platforms do offer to list your property on both, say, real estate and domain. Look at the marketing material and look what support you get. Thank you so much, Effie. Have a great day. Thanks. Time to sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett the Sharks. As we know, have been circling at Cronulla and it hasn't worked out well. No, that's right. Not for John Morris anyway. And you don't blame him for leaving his post after it was confirmed that Craig Fitzgibbon will take over next season on a three-year deal. A really strange situation given that uh, John Morris took them to you know, two finals appearances. It's only early in the season. They're two and two. So normally we talk about coaches leaving when their side are in the doldrums. But the Sharks have made it clear they see themselves as a top four club every single season and they want to attract some big names. So they obviously feel that Craig Fitzgibbon, as a highly rated assistant coach with the Roosters, can do that. But a league legend Mark Guy says that this is a big risk as Fitzgibbon has never been a head coach himself. He's done nothing yet. He's done nothing as a first grade coach. This has all been as an assistant. Look at Trent Barrett at the moment from Penrith. He hasn't sat in the furnace of being the first grade coach with everything 
comes back to you. Now, he doesn't take over till next season, and it looks like a Panthers assistant Cameron Seraldo will also join him. So Josh Hannay, the assistant there at the Sharks, will take the reins for the rest of the season. Just at St. George, they confirmed yesterday Josh Maguire has joined them for at least the rest of the season on an 18-month deal. He left the Cowboys effective immediately. He'll join training later this week. His new teammate, Matt Dufty, says that he will complement their strong squad. It's a good signing for us, you know. we just adding to our depth of our roster and to have another experience forward in the middle, um, especially the way the game's going now, it'll only be um, good for us. So coaches and players, a lot of people on the move in the NRL this morning. Yeah, very bizarre at Cronulla. Anyway, uh, a win for North Melbourne at the AFL Tribunal last night. Yeah, they need every win that they can get as well. In fact, this is really their only win so far because they haven't won a game. Last night, Ben Cunnington challenging a one-match ban at the Tribunal for a bump on Crow star Rory Laird. Now, we know the crackdown on the bump, but I guess because Rory Laird was uh, relatively fine after that, he won't be missing this week due to concussion. He was able to successfully argue that the force of the bump, which was originally graded as medium, should be classified as low. The Tribunal agreed with that, so he walks away with a fine. They have a tough challenge this weekend. They face the Cats, who are on the rebound after a disappointing loss. They get their star Paddy Dangerfield back. So uh, Ben Cunnington will take his place in North Melbourne's midfield. Now, on Collingwood, we spoke about the coaching dramas in the NRL. Well, uh, Nathan Buckley is the one in the gun in the AFL. Now, it's only early days we're talking about the pressure that he finds himself on. A lot still to play out in that season. Uh, He will hand a debut to Finlay McRae. Uh, this weekend uh, in round four of, uh, of AFL action, but he's resisted calls to just hand games to kids. If I was sitting watching the footy with, with my grandpa back in the day, you will just kick it. And I, that's that's about as, you know, play the kids is about as, uh, it makes about as much sense as that. If they're ready, they'll play. Round five, I should say, and they have a tough uh, task against the Eagles on Friday night. Uh, McRae replaces uh, Taylor Adams, their vice captain, is out for about 10 weeks with a knee injury. So Nathan Buckley, the one under pressure in the AFL. And Brett, already so many troubles for the Matildas, and now their Olympic preparation has hit another hurdle. Yeah, look, they're a bit rusty at the moment. That's probably an understatement. They hadn't played, obviously, all of last year due to the pandemic. They played Germany on the weekend, lost 5-2. Unfortunately, this morning, they've gone down to the Netherlands 5-0. They were really sloppy in terms of their uh, possession. They're playing a highly ranked side, but obviously we expect a lot of the Matildas leading into an Olympic year. Sam Kerr could barely get a look at it this morning, so there's a bit to work on uh, for the Matildas and uh, on the training paddock, and hopefully they can get some more uh, friendlies in against opposition and and they can get a win to get some confidence up before Tokyo. Another massive day in sport. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Wednesday morning. Sunny and 26 today for Brisbane. Very warm day on the way for Sydney. Partly cloudy, 29. Shower or two and windy conditions for Melbourne. 21 the expected top today. Cool day on the way for Canberra. Partly cloudy, top of 19. 19 degrees also expected today for Hobart with a shower or two. Morning shower or two for Adelaide, 21. Mostly sunny, 22 for Perth. And sunny, what a beautiful day for Darwin. A top of 33. The tennis genes are very strong in this family. Leighton Hewitt's son, Cruz, has taken out an Australian junior tennis clay court title in Canberra. The 12-year-old son of the former number one took out both the national singles and doubles clay titles in his age group, not dropping one set in five matches. Proud dad Leighton took to Instagram to post pictures of the win with the hashtag Team Cruz. Come on. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. 
in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. And you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.